Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching, that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the meeting. A reading from the second book of Samuel. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, David remained two days in Seclach. David intoned this lamentation over Saul and his son Jonathan. He ordered that the song of the bow be taught to the people of Judah. It is written in the book of Jashar. He said, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain upon your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exult. You mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor bounteous fields. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, anointed with oil no more. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, nor the sword of Saul return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death they were not divided, they were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson in luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war perished. The word of the Lord. With a good continue with Psalm 130 as printed in your bulletin. Out of the depths have I called you, O Lord. Hear my voice. If you, Lord, were to note what is done amiss. O Lord, you would stand. For there is forgiveness with you. Therefore you shall be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits for him. In his word is my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, wait for the Lord. For with the Lord there is with him there is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all their sins. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. As you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. The word of the Lord.
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It was Independence Day, and we did something quintessentially American. What we did was to go to a 4th of July event in a small town where people waved flags as they watched a 4K road race and kids rode tricycles with red, white, and blue crepe paper woven through the wheels. As we walked along, we heard a group of people gathered around picnic tables playing guitars and singing this land is your land. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land I sang along in my head as we walked down the road. This land was made for you and me. Or was it? Way down in most of our hearts, that's what we seem to believe. That God made this beautiful, bountiful, splendid land just for us. The Purple Mountain's majesty and Alabaster City's gleam must have been divinely ordained, planned before time and forever, just for us. This land is your land, and it is my land, isn't it? Because who else could it belong to? The people of Israel felt the same way 2,500 years ago, and many of them still do today. They were, after all, the chosen people, chosen by God. They entered the land, they conquered the inhabitants, and they lived there until they were conquered themselves and exiled to Babylon, where they lamented over and over again, 
how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? For generations, they yearned to return to their homeland, for the land that God had promised them when God chose them, a land where they could be fruitful and multiply until their descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky. And in the fullness of time, the exiles' prayers were answered, and they came home rejoicing and telling the old family stories of how God had promised Abraham an heir, and how God had delivered them from the Egyptian army and parted the Red Sea waters, and how God had brought them home from their Babylonian exile. The Israelites rejoiced when they heard the voice of God making them a promise. I will extend prosperity to your land like a river. You shall flourish like the grass, and it shall be known that the Lord is with his servants. And when they heard that promise, Israel burst into psalms of praise, and whatever words it was that they sang, what they were really singing was this land is made for you and me. But pretty soon, the Israelites forgot God's warning that the promised land would be taken away from them if they abused it or if they tried to keep it for themselves. They forgot that when God chose them, God commanded them to provide liberty and justice for all, for all the people who lived in their land, for immigrants and foreigners and sojourners, for everyone who came within their borders. God gave the promised land to Israel with a proviso, with the proviso that the people live there in peace, worshiping God and caring for the stranger and the widow and the orphan. God also asked Israel to shine so brightly with peace and prosperity and love for everyone that Israel would be a light to enlighten all the nations. Now, isn't Israel's story very like our own, the story of a new land given into our hands, not as a possession, but as a gift to use for God's purposes. And aren't Israel's stories of salvation and redemption like the stories we were told as children about our place in this land? the stories which define us as Americans. We learn how God guided the pilgrim refugees across the Atlantic to escape religious persecution, and we learn that God gave our armies victory over Britain to establish a nation whose hallmark is freedom. The stories of America being the promised land are told yet today in the place names that abound in New England, New Canaan, Bethel, and Basra, Bethlehem, Salem, and Goshen. We learn the stories of pioneers who tamed this land after it was <clears throat> discovered. And it's easy to imagine that this land was empty until we got here that this land is made just for you and me. When the Israelites returned from exile no longer under Babylonian rule, they didn't remember that as God's chosen people, they had obligations and responsibilities. All they remembered was that they were free at last, and sometimes we are no different. We may disagree, we do disagree about religion and politics and taxes 
But what we all do agree on is our constitutional freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of choice, freedom of speech, the freedoms on which our country is built. Now freedom is the goal of adolescents everywhere. Freedom to have a car to go wherever and whenever they please without getting permission from mom and dad. And when those adolescents grow up and become professors, they demand academic freedom as the foundation of our university system. And those of us who become preachers want freedom to stand in our pulpits and preach the words that God gives us to speak. We have built a society in which an unprecedented amount of freedom is given to our citizens. And much of that liberty is a blessing, but some of it is not. Freedom is a blessing when it fosters creativity and supports individuality and gives everyone a voice that is heard. Freedom is destructive when it leads us to believe that we can do whatever we want and forget about everybody else. There is a cost to the freedom to blare our car radios as loudly as we want without considering our neighbor's ears. There is a danger in the freedom to walk into public libraries and access pornography on the internet while our children walk by. There are consequences to the freedom to eat too much and drink too much and spend too much because that kind of freedom has an ever-rising threshold of expectation and our freedom to consume sets us up to keep on consuming from this year's new and improved model to the next. The freedom that our forebears fought for has too often become permission to be self-indulgent and greedy. And that is what happened to Israel. But St. Paul gives us another model of independence and freedom. Paul reminds us that we really aren't very independent after all because we are all members of one community, a big one called the Christian family, the church, the body of Christ. And when one member of this community suffers, says Paul, we all suffer. Share what you have, he exhorts, so that the one who has much does not have too much, and the one who has little does not have too little. Jesus calls us to an even wider understanding of community. God gives us abundant gifts not to hoard but to share, he says. God has blessed us with good things, not just for our own benefit, but so we can use those gifts to make God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If we live as though this land is just made for you and me, we will feel free to pollute our waters and contaminate our air and forget that we are only stewards and not owners of this earth. If this land is just made for you and me, we will feel free to set up barriers to separate who's in from who's out and to build walls so that we can keep all our blessings for ourselves. If this land is made just for you and me, then we have the right to be here and they do not. But if this land is given to us with the holy responsibility of spreading and serving God's kingdom, then we will have to stop looking out for number one and live as members of a human family so that the whole world becomes the number one. And we all look out for it together. 
when my husband and I were first retired and brand new interim clergy at a parish in Rhode Island. We learned that a warehouse fire was raging in Pawtucket. Bill called the senior warden and asked what we should do. Should we open the church? Should we start a prayer chain? Should we collect blankets and, and food? Not to worry, Father, the warden said. The fire is not in our part of Pawtucket. <laughs> not in our part of Pawtucket. In God's economy, there is no other part of Pawtucket. This land is your land, and it is my land, but it is not made just for you and me. As Americans, we have not always been faithful to God's big vision for our nation. Sometimes we have. Sometimes we've been proud of our Statue of Liberty and its declaration, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. Sometimes we have not. Sometimes we fail to remember that God has extended prosperity to us here so that we can make the world rich. That God has made us flourish like the grass so we can bring health and healing to the nations. And when we do that, it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with us. stand as we affirm our faith by reciting the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, determined to God from his Father, God from God, light from light, through God from through God, through God from God made, of one Your healing touch, O Christ, reaches into our suffering and our fear, raising us to new life and wholeness. Empower our hearts with your generosity, that we may reach out also in concern for others as we pray. Great you, God, for with you there is mercy. Bless your church with your gracious spirit, O God, that your people may excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in love, 
but especially that we may excel in generosity. We wait for you, O God. For with you there is mercy. Fill our nation and its leaders with a spirit of freedom that we may live into the ideals of liberty and justice for all and may extend the benefits of self-determination and peace throughout the world. We wait for you, O God. For with you there is mercy. Extend prosperity and equity to all people, O God, and open our hearts with your generosity. Let those who experience abundance share with those who experience need, so that the one who has much does not have too much, and the one who has little does not have too little. We wait for you, O God. Let your healing and protection be powerfully present with all who are vulnerable throughout the world, especially women and children, that they may have the love and security that all people deserve. We wait for you, O God. Be near to those who suffer with chronic pain and illness. Let your healing presence raise up those for whom we pray, especially those on our parish prayer list. We lift up our young people and chaperones who are in the Dominican Republic, that they and those they are with will know your presence and love. Out of the depths, we call you to comfort those who grieve and to give your resurrection life to all who have died. We wait for you, O God. Out of your eternal abundance, O God, you gave to us your Son, Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, yet for our sakes became poor, that by his poverty we might become rich. Let all who draw near to you be healed and empowered to serve your generous intentions for all your creation. In the power of your Spirit that dwells among us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Stand. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning. Please be seated. Welcome to St. John's. If you're new or a visitor, haven't been here in a while, please feel free to fill out a cue card hanging in front of you and put it in the offering plate. I would love to get in touch with you to learn more about you and tell the story about St. John's. We are in our summertime mode, which means that we are involved in planning. As I mentioned last Sunday, there is a topic that you are especially interested in or maybe have some expertise or just a passion or want to know more, please let me know. We're looking for different topics for Faith Forum that really reflect what your concerns and interests are. So several people have already come up to me 
uh, and shared some ideas they have, and they're wonderful. So please, feel free to come and uh, let me know or give Ellen a call at our office. After the service, we will have an orientation from volunteers at our community garden, which you need to come back and look at it. It is amazing. Bill went out and looked this morning, and he said it was just uh, surprising how much it has grown. So this orientation is by Steve, our master gardener, to teach us what are weeds or what are not to pull, how to harvest, um, how to do various things so we can do our best to have an abundant harvest to give away for those who are in need. We also are taking registrations for those interested in EFM, Education for Ministry. On the last page of your bulletin, there is a pretty good description of what it is. I also encourage you to go online if you have access to a computer. It is one of the best things going here, I think, at St. John's. It's in these wonderful small groups where we form community, bonds of love and compassion, where we all become one, and when we deepen our spiritual journey with God, but also one another. And uh, so it's something I urge you to take a look at. If you want to know more information, please approach me. We start at the very beginning of October and go for nine months. It's quite a commitment. Uh, it is nine months during the school year, and we meet every week for two and a half hours. A lot of reading involved, but it's something that will without a doubt, transform your lives. We've had John Nowacki and Sarah Keeper uh, get up and actually give, I would say, testimonials. We don't see that in the Episcopal Church, but that's what they are. And uh, so it's something I, I pray and encourage you to look into that may be of interest to you. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, know that you're always welcome to come forward, to come to the table of Jesus Christ, to receive the body and blood, to uphold us and sustain us, with all the challenges we have in this land as we struggle to be one. To walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit, to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink, of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.
Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith and thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.